Maui Nui is on a mission to help balance axis deer populations for the good of our environment, communities, and food systems on the island of Maui. They've shared over 126,000 pounds of nutrient-dense protein with the Maui community. Secure your spot now. Become a snack subscriber and join in helping to build more resilient food and ecosystems on Maui. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I-Venison.com. And use promo code BEAR for 20% off your first order. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You know what my favorite text is? A Waypoint and the Onyx Hunt app to a goblin turkey. The list on the Onyx Hunt app features for chasing turkeys is long, but knowing exact public and private boundaries and land ownership details will help you find more places to hunt, whether that's on public or private. I'll be toting the Hunt app through the spring woods in a few states this year, and I recommend you do the same if you want more turkeys on your table. Also, Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onyxmaps.com hunt this spring. My name is Clay Newcomb, and this is a production of the Bear Grease podcast called the Bear Grease Render, where we render down, dive deeper, and look behind the scenes of the actual Bear Grease podcast. Presented by FHF Gear, American-made, purpose-built hunting and fishing gear that's designed to be as rugged as the places we explore. Welcome to the Bear Grease Render Podcast. Yeah. It's great to see everyone. <laughs> Is it really? A, do you really feel that way? Man, I feel like I have an audience. The people are <laughs> set before I am if 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 the if this if the people were set in a, a triangle, okay. I would be at the at the point of the top of the triangle. Right. The people would be set out in front of me as if in an auditorium. Mm. Right. Know, Gary mm-hmm. Newcomb would be one point and yep. Colby would be the other point. Are you trying you to probably describe to people there. the layout of the room yeah, or the no, metaphor? I'm that wasn't trying a to very good description. Like, are you no. trying to say you're at no. the peak of the so pyramid? So just before we started this episode, <laughs> I, just before we started this episode. Who's in the downline? <laughs> yeah. Just before we started this episode, I said that I have a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. So y'all may not get to talk very much. Ladies and um, gentlemen, welcome uh, to a monologue. Wake, <laughs> wake me when it's over. <laughs> no, we have a very, Live very great audience. group of guests here. Colby Moorhead, Bear hello, Hunting hello. Magazine is here. The it's bear been a while check. since you've been on. It's been a while. Bear Hunting Great to have magazine. you. Yeah. So Matt, if, if you're new to the podcast, if you're new to the Bear Grease world, Colby Moorhead, he and I worked together when I had Bear Hunting Magazine. Now, Colby. 
owns, operates Bear Has Hunting acquired. Magazine. Yeah. The world acquired Bear Hunting Magazine. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way we say it in the yeah, business. That's why like Donald in Trump would say, I acquired a business. Yeah. That just <laughs> means you're rich and fat and wealthy. <laughs> oh. When you say acquired and don't yeah. say buy. Right. Um so Colby acquired Bear Hunting Magazine. <laughs> I don't know but, if you uh, should be a, I receive it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of ways to get wealthy in this country and one of them is uh to print magazines about extremely <laughs> niche content. Right, Colby? Oh Colby's yeah. Colby's rolling in the, the passion dough. pays off. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, no, Bear Hunting Magazine I I had it for eight years and it was mm -hmm. a big passion of my life and a, a, a very incredible near decade of my life. The only print bear hunting magazine in the world, been Facts. in print for 23 years, got covers bear hunting 2000. all across the country. Don't DM me and ask me for bear hunting tactics because I will <laughs> say the same thing I say yeah. all the time, Colby. Yeah. What do you think I tell them? Info at bear-hunting.com. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I say, hey, man, for real, you should subscribe to Bear Hunting Magazine mm -hmm. because there's always going to be, you know, I always used to tell people one single issue is not going to teach you how to bear hunt. Mm -hmm. But if you subscribe to it for a year, you're going to learn a lot. Everything you need to know to take a bear. Everything. Plus, it looks good. That's right. Yeah. It is it's a fun, great it's looking fun to magazine. It's fun to get a print magazine. So, Colby's yep. here. Mi Dr. Misty Newcomb is here. Ooh, Thank you so time. much for being here. In the presence Misty of has some really cool I shoes have, on. Yes. Those are the trendiest shoes a Newcomb's ever owned. It pro they probably yeah. are. Like, when I put them on, I thought, this is maybe too much for us. No, I love it. I don't That's know. Great. Perfect. They're I don't know if we can pull this off. Banana pudding colored pair of Nike tennis shoes. Wow. I think those like are called just straight Nikes. Nike. You drop the Nike. You drop the Nike. Yes, they're classy. I, okay. I've started running again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say you, you run better if you... Feel good about yourself. If you have cool shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> to, to Misty's left is Christy, hello, the hello. Landbridge Spillmaker. Oh. <laughs> Landbridge's... Christy, Mrs. That. Landbridge Spillmaker. <laughs> yeah. Great to also have you, Christy. Also sporting some nice kicks. Yes, she you is. have and wonderful shoes here. on. It's like a Nike commercial. Let's get a little picture here. <laughs> Bear Grease, sponsored Christy, by. Christy, great to have you. Christy, Thanks for having me. you pretty pumped about the Alaska oh, episode yeah. we're going to oh, talk yeah. about? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. So if you're if you're new to the Bear Grease render, we are going to talk about our last episode, which was a Alaska Stories episode, which was a new thing we've never done, which is a, a, a something I'm very interested in, Alaska. To Mrs. Landbridge left, it's Mr. Landbridge, Josh Landbridge, spillmaker. Hello, good to see you, Hello. Josh. You looking, you looking, you looking spry like a so fly fisherman. You. Thank you. Been out on the river a lot lately. Mm -hmm. Just, Fish biting good. Um, it's it. I actually learned something the other day that I wasn't I was not aware of. Um, I had a, a guide friend tell me a, a few months ago, and he said he said you know when the when there's a full moon, he said the fish won't bite, and I, I that had just blown through my memory and not even thought about it. And I went out with a good buddy of mine the other, the other night and, uh, he's as good or better fisherman than I am. And we put our lines in the water and we just expected to just tear it up. <laughs> went out after work and we fished for nearly three hours and didn't get a single bite. 
Hmm. And then on the way, I, I, like we went home with our tail between our legs. Just did you try? Just a minute, did you he try? Did catch one fish. I caught one fish. I, I caught I one fish. I got one it not bite. Not a single bite. Be one honest, bite. Josh. It was, and it, but it was right. At did you dark. try casting your fly on the other side of the boat? <laughs> I tried casting everything. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> on the way home, I look up and I realize it's that. It's that mega moon. That blue yep. super moon. Mm. And I went home and started doing some research, and sure enough. <laughs> It severely Don't affects. Don't get me started on supermoons. Uh-oh. You've done it. <laughs> what I think the whole supermoon. I have seen. I'm a young man, okay, by Ish. many standards. Ish. Uh-huh. And I have seen at least ten once in a lifetime supermoons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does the media in the world not hype up these supermoons like? It's something you're never going to see the rest this of your is life. The blue moon this brighter is, than the first Did they do this when one? you were a kid? No. Our no, final no. guest, Gary Believer there Newcomb. Welcome back. Yeah, did they talk about super no, moons man, when you they, were a kid? They were upfront, honest, legitimate. They were just moons. Good folks. This now is, they just make stuff up. I agree with you. This is yeah. nonsense. This is something you should be behind. This I, is something. This. Well, listen, I, I think I there's threw a, a super moon party. Just so y'all know, we're different here. And I literally invited people to meet me at a park to watch it. This this special wow. super moon. FaceTimed everyone in my family so that we could all but see it see, together. And then there's the other thing is that the there's, moon never looks as good in a video or photo. Never. Oh, that's my true. goodness. I, I will be yes, looking at true. some incredible moon. Yeah. Unless Take you have a picture of it. And you're like, oh, look at that white dot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. So, Dad, Dad used to tell me when we... Uh, would be out and about and looking at land or whatever. And, and you would think when you're in, in the mountains, everybody talks about views, like a land and a house. Does it have a view? Is it beautiful? Is it aesthetically pleasing? <laughs> and what would you used to say, Dad? Do when I remember? was a kid, we didn't have enough money to think about a view. That's, that's right. right. We wanted a roof. <laughs> uh, actually, that's <laughs> not true. But I mean, we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. Well, you, you, but views just wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. Right. We wanted to be able to see our next meal. Yeah. Well, no, it made a lot of sense when you said that to me when I was young, is that there was a time when aesthetics were not as big a deal. I mean, people literally coming out what of World War II. At, though? Yeah. Re- Super moons. Back to the moon. Views. The world is enamored with all this. You should external be external, flashy marketing. You care about They've got us nature. around their finger. What on earth? They've got- this hey, is ridiculous. Uh, it didn't cost anyone anything. <laughs> this is not a consumer thing. This it's a cons- the, the supermoon is a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a that's right. conspiracy. It's the old Maslow's model. We've put we've climbed that pyramid yep. to yeah. a point where we, we can got talk time. about supermoons and talk views. about this. And it's Judy true. said, hey, the supermoon's going on outside. And I, I didn't tell her, but I like gun smoke better. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went outside and I looked and I thought, it looks like the same moon I see every night, except maybe a little bigger. I'm pretty sure, though, that I'm, I'm, I'm struggling a lot I'm joking. I love the right. supermoon. I'm just saying, I feel like... There's a lot of drama around the supermoon, but that brings me to my next segment of the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, about it's going to be a monologue. Moons and oh, wildlife. Really? Oh, okay. Josh was talking about it's how true. he yes. didn't Ray catch a fish. fish with the moon. Also children at school. I have spent 43 years studying the moon. 
and people's people's reaction to it. Okay, I probably became aware of it when I was like <laughs> I was 12, 13. My entire but okay. about how the moon affects everything. One of my best everything. friends in high school, Nick Graham Cunningham, he his father owned a body shop. And I remember them saying, when it's a, I mean, they, they say it as yep. if it's fact. Yep. When the full moon is out, business will be good because people will have wrecks. There was, you know. Why? Because they're looking at the moon? Well, that's just it. Why? We don't know why. Why? In, in, banking, like crazy. in banking, you had crazy people come in and want to borrow money <laughs> in, <laughs> on a full moon. In, yeah. in school. Are you kidding? No, I'm, I'm serious. It's Are a, you serious? Yeah. 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 I mean, not really and would crazy, you but I mean, you'd get loan requests that was just out, you know, it just wasn't it's, right up okay. to It's a given in schools that on full moons, it's going to be a struggle. And when the full moon and Halloween hit or any holiday that includes a lot of candy, your next day is going to be awful. You're, you're just going to be a difficult. It, like it for is this sure. a self fulfilling prophecy? It for sure impacts okay, behavior. That's, that's. I don't think so. One time, so I get these like discipline reports, and this is why I don't think it is. Uh, I get these discipline reports, and one Misty's day, been studying this for well, forty three. My years. whole life, I've been studying this. <laughs> one time, I got a discipline report, and I was like, "What on earth is going on?" And someone just kind of randomly, it was like out of this world, and someone said, "Hey." is it a full moon? And we looked and sure enough, it was. That has happened to me over and over and over again, where you have these crazy, it's like I tell my kids, I'm not superstitious. I am a little superstitious. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's no doubt that the moon affects wildlife. I mean, there's just no debate about it. But in white-tailed deer research, there's a lot of new studies that because white-tailed deer hunters have very strong philosophies about the moon, including me. And the research they show, basically, the moon doesn't really affect white-tailed deer movement. Really? I mean, yeah. I, I think there's so much of human life that is anecdotal, biased confirmation of just things that we that we think or see like, so if you're, you you drive every single night of your life and stuff happens to you every single night. But when there's a full moon, there's this shining beacon and you remember stuff. Somehow it imprints your mind that that happened on a full moon. That happened on a full moon. That happened on a full moon. And, and pretty soon when the full moon comes up, you're looking for something bad to happen. Yeah. And it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I do think there's legitimate impact on, do you take know, your dogs coon hunting on a full no. moon? No. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I don't even go. And so it's, you don't even know if it could be good. No, he's done it, and he well, says no, no, it's, no. it's worthless. I've coon hunted. Okay. I, I've used the. I'm, I'm contradicting myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm telling you what I believe, but mm-hmm. deep down, like in the in the, the my heart and soul. I believe the moon is the most powerful thing <laughs> on the planet. I mean, my brain is like telling me this can't be true, but I've coon hunted with such good dogs night after night after night after night you turn them loose on a full moon night and just stuff happens they get yeah yeah i, I got We've had I, crazy i, I, I mean in the last seven years i have not coon- purposely if it's a full moon i'm just like tack on it I, and i don't even go but then again that's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way because i don't even give it a chance to be good that's right because maybe every time that i didn't have you go and brent reeves talked about this does he feel the same way 
every coon hunter feels the same way. By the way, where is Brent Reeves? Does he have older, Brent, cooler friends? You know friends what? Now? Brent Reeves. He's oh. a celebrity now. Yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, it's kind of like diva. trying to get Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> on here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, but Clay, just a second. Going back to your moon research with the white tailed deer, did First Light use this research in the development of their new? White tail <laughs> That was good, Christy. Really good, Christy. Really well, good. since you brought it up. <laughs> Very good. First light. First light does have, I mentioned to my team here that I wanted to talk about first light white tail gear. First light has made a big, big swing at the white tail world, making full lines of white tail kits. And they even have stuff that's made for people hunting in hot, humid weather in the Southeast. And so it's, it's September. It's time. You ought to check out First Light for your whitetail hunting. And First Light has a pattern called Spectre. It's designed for tree stand whitetail hunting. A percentage of every sale of Spectre goes to, a percentage of that sale goes to the National Deer Alliance. So they've, I don't want to say how much, but I want to say upwards of a hundred thousand dollars has gone to to the NDA from First Light Spectre sales. Is that so, publicly knowable information? I don't know. It is now, I guess. Um, <laughs> but that brings up another interesting point: the National Deer Alliance. Brent Reeves, he's too famous to be on the Bear Grease Render saying. anymore, but he's not too famous to go to the premiere of a new documentary film called Wild Tale. Hmm, uh, it's a documentary tale. about the, it's called uh, the country's most successful wildlife conservation story. And it's a documentary about the white-tailed deer. And last night, Brent and I went to Little Rock and Brent was the MC of this. Really? Like, like sports <laughs> coat. Of, Brent and I, we thought we were going to like a hunting event. And uh, we show up there, and it's like people in like sports coats, hors d'oeuvres, oh. suits were there, Dad. And wow. uh, surprise! And I told Brent to wear his overalls. Did he wear his overalls? <laughs> he didn't. Okay, I was ashamed of him. It's the first time I've seen him in just like regular pants in a while. But uh, no, Brent emceed the event. He did a great job. Really? Our friend Austin Booth was there. Austin Booth, the director of the Game of Fish, introduced everybody. The producer of the film from Florida that made it, they've spent 18 months making this documentary film, has an incredible amount of people on it. I, I would say there's upwards of 20 people. It's a really, I like the film. It's a different kind of documentary than I've ever seen. It, in, in some ways, like the style of it is, is very fast paced, very information driven, very engaging. It's, uh, but it tells the whole story of the, the American white-tailed deer and how, you know, there used to not be a lot of deer. Now there's more deer than we've ever had since, since even pre-European settlement. There's more white-tailed deer. Really? Yeah. And so, and then the, uh, Kip Adams, one of the main guys at the National Deer Association came in from Pennsylvania. And so we all watched the film in this big auditorium and it was really neat. But, a cool part of that film, Dad, is that <laughs> me and Steve Rinella are on it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Really? They interviewed me a year ago here about deer hunting. And um, 
it, it, they did a good job. I, I really did you remember it. that, or were you surprised when it came up on the screen? <laughs> I knew. I remembered it. I did remember it. I didn't remember what I said, but I did remember it. So you and, think they did a good job because they picked you and Steve? Could be confirmation <laughs> bias. <laughs> could just be completely. Did you watch it and have regrets of what? Was you there said? a full moon last night? Yeah, uh, maybe. maybe. <laughs> hey, how did uh, how did our render boy get that? gig man i mean they just heard his voice and said he's a natural we want him to narrate yeah. this thing yeah could we Brent call Reeves. him either render boy or yeah render Mayons, boy either one of those I'm, I'm good with changing his name <laughs> yeah render boy. i like render boy. <laughs> he won't he doesn't even come up here anymore old brent that's uh, funny no he did a great job uh, is he gonna be available job. to watch elsewhere or? yeah so they're doing a film tour good, all good across call. the country the, uh, currently there's five cities that it's going to be in, but they're they're they've got plans for how it's going to roll out, and eventually the public would be able to watch it. Great, but it it, it was a good film. It's really well put together. Very the the, the style of it was unique. I've, I'm I'm taken back, Colby, based on your question. And Clay got to watch the film last night. Remember earlier he was talking about that triangle where he's oh. like the top of the pyramid, <laughs> yeah. and the rest of us are yeah. the base. Uh-huh. So we're the base. Yeah. So We're the, the common shoulders. people are going to get to watch that film at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but not yet. Mm, well, at some point, Christy, at some point you can watch it. So that was cool. What the, do you uh, have in your hand, Newt? I have a <laughs> a Phelps Acorn Grunner in my hand. That's like a... That's like worth $10 million right now. Because you can't even get one. These went up for sale on Phelps website and they sold out in a... About 24 hours. They're going to make some more in November, but not very many. The reason that they can't just whip them up is because that that call is made of white oak. One of my buddies, Scott Brown, he he bought one, and he he called me and was going to give me a hard time for cutting down white oak trees to make grunt calls. <laughs> oh. Hey, good point. Good, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, it's it's made of it's made of white oak. And uh, so they just only have, they only had so much wood, but then mainly the acrylic guts of that call, the actual innards of the call, they have to order that stuff and it has to be machined. And uh, a quality grunt call or any kind of quality call is usually going to be acrylic, whether it's a duck call or something. So that's not plastic. That's machined acrylic. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, but this is that inhale, exhale call, which, yeah, I've talked about so it. So stop times. taunting it uh, oh, with it so because we can't get it. Well, I'm just saying I, I wanted to thank ch- everybody. America, you missed your chance. I wanted to thank everybody for, for coming to the I feel like you know, everyone the, got one except stage. me. Yeah. <laughs> you were out baby. Yeah. How about that coonskin cap? Yes. And the we put a coonskin cap on the auction house ha- meat eater auction house of oddities. What's the meat eater auction house of oddities? which is set up to fund, they were trying to buy a piece of land that was going to open up public access. And Ryan Callahan leads that. This was a, they have specific initiatives and they were trying to raise $150,000 and they raised way more than that. Ooh, so nice. Wait. Yeah, way more yeah, than that. For, it, it's all public knowledge. You could yeah. you could look on and see how much they yeah. went for. What the coonskin hat go for? Twenty five hundred dollars. That's wow. what the, what Josh's coonskin hat. Did you see that for twenty five hundred dollars? Lovely Mrs. Christie's yeah. Yeah. maker yeah. wearing Man. it too. 
<laughs> Sorry, yeah. Christy. Yeah, thanks. Now I wasn't going to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that hat. That's a nice hat. That's somebody's getting a bargain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those coons yeah. were caught on a full moon. No, I'm just kidding. They, they may have been. If you could 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 get some coons on a full moon, they would be priceless. It'd be worth even more. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for whoever bought that. Coons yeah. Hat. Thank you guys. I mean, there was some incredibly generous bids on there. Yeah. Did, did you see how much the dinner with uh, Steve Rinella went for? Yes. Dinner with Steve. Dinner for four with Steve Rinella. Twelve k at his house. Twelve k. Okay. Did twenty five k. More. Wow. This is a game that Bear and I get to play every day when he tells me guess how much it, money it, I made. I today. think I saw it. I think I saw it. Well, yeah. Went at fifty you, grand. Went for fifty grand. You're kidding? Oh, wow. Yeah. Somebody paid fifty grand for what? For dinner at Rennell's house. Steve Rennell's house. And, and clearly it was someone who was wanting to make a you know, it was it was somebody yeah. who who was serious about conservation, wanted to make a donation and was just that, that's what the auction house oddities is about, is is people being generous for land access and different stuff. So that's really cool. What Everybody at Meteor was really proud. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he better he better make it good. Okay. Gold leaf. Whitetail Institute launched the food plot revolution in 1988 with a concentration on research and real-world testing of forage products specifically for whitetail deer. Whitetail Institute's research and development team of agronomy experts provide effective, personalized service. I've been using Imperial Whitetail Clover for a long time in a food plot back behind my house. In 2007, I killed the biggest buck of my life over an Imperial Whitetail Clover small quarter-acre food plot. Imperial Whitetail Clover is the only clover scientifically developed through years of selective breeding. Clover Extreme Genetic Stability provides extreme cold tolerance, disease, and drought tolerance. It really does. Clover is coated with Whitetail Institute's Rain Bond, a polymer coating added for enhanced seedling survivability. They have an exclusive offer for Bear Grease listeners, 15% off Imperial Clover when you use the code BEAR at whitetailinstitute.com. That's whitetailinstitute.com and use code BEAR for 15% off. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. Born in 2003 in Knoxville, Tennessee, Sport Dog was forged by a passionate group of hunters and dog trainers who intimately understood the challenges of the field and the special connection between hunters and their dogs. The people at Sport Dog know that having a well-trained hunting dog is more than just having a reliable partner. It's a commitment to their safety and unlocking their full potential. The Sport Dog promise to customers is simple. Gear the way you design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Trust Sport Dog, where innovation meets passion, to elevate your hunting experience and strengthen the bond with your local companion. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me to track my squirrel dogs and my one old coon dog that's not very good. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com slash beargrease to learn more.
The old timers say that the turkeys start gobbling when the leaves are as big as squirrels' ears and the red buds start popping. And we're about there. And we are there in the South. The Onyx Hunt app is one of my most valuable tools in the spring woods. With tools like coniferous versus deciduous tree distribution layer, you can save time by locating edges or transition areas of mixing habitats from home. Find an area like this with water in close proximity, and more than likely, there will be a goblin turkey nearby. Knowing the exact boundaries of private ground ensures I stay on the right side of the fence, but can easily find public ground to go see if I can't strike a gobbler. If you do get one to sound off, using compass mode and waypoints will help you pinpoint his exact location, allowing you to move in and make the perfect setup to bring him right into your lap. Download the Onyx Hunt app today. You'll be glad you did. Onyx has a special offer for you. Use code BEARGREASE to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this spring. You remember I had a lot to say on this podcast. This week I got to watch. I was I was able to see in advance of the of the release the movie The Blind about Phil Robertson. Okay. The, the Duck Commander. Is it like what's what is it it's, like an autobiography? Like it's a, like a Hollywood movie. What do they call it? A biopic? It, it's wait, wait, wait. It's a Hollywood movie. Does that mean it's dramatized? When when Not I say really? Hollywood, I don't mean it was shot in Hollywood. I just mean it is a it is a movie. Cinematic. It's a cinematic, like well done movie that could is, play on the big screen. Is there someone playing Phil Robinson? That's correct. Oh hundred percent. It's so it's a dramatized. dramatized. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure there's drama in that story too. Oh, it's, I've heard you know, the history. I, I've of, never met the Robertsons. I never have. But Phil Robertson's hard not to respect. Yeah. I mean, he he for real is. I mean, he's he's the real deal. And then I've heard bits. I've I'm familiar with their story to some degree. But when you watch the movie, you see how wild it really was. Like Phil Robertson was was a was a wild man. He played. Uh, he he had a rough upbringing. You know, it shows all this in the movie. He had a he had a rough upbringing down in Louisiana, and he but but he ended up going to college on a football scholarship and 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 started over Terry Bradshaw. Terry, Terry Bradshaw. Bradshaw. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he was Terry Bradshaw was the backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and so they showed that, and then and then Phil doesn't really want to play football and doesn't play his senior year. And starts duck hunting, and but and and after that, his life kind of spirals, spirals pretty hard, and gets involved in some pretty rough stuff. And it shows a lot; it, it really does. It, it they were candid on on what they showed, and um, but then he he well, I don't want to give away the movie, yeah. but it's um, it was good. I, I like those guys, and it but the movie comes out in late September, I want to say, um. Uh, can somebody look yeah, up? Yeah, I'll look at it. Like on the big screen, they're, like in they're, theaters. They're screening it in certain cities. Okay, but uh, the movie's called The Blind, and uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Really good. The Robertsons are Phil's a he's a he's a man of faith for sure, a believer, and they're really strong, outspoken, outspoken believers. September twenty eighth. Uh, September twenty eighth. So. Yeah, the blind. Cool, Phil like Robertson. Mm hmm. Well, what'd you guys think of the Alaska Stories podcast? Quite entertaining. 
I like it. Dad, why don't you why don't you uh why don't you tell the story that you were gonna tell? Okay. Me and dad have a story. Yeah. Near death experience. Mm-hmm. Uh we were going to Alaska. Canada. Not Alaska. Canada. To a when we do our Canada stories. <laughs> <laughs> hey. but why wouldn't that I work? Mean, you know, Canada I, is a wild, woolly so place, wild. but you can't have a Canada story. I mean, podcast. you can't even tell a story here and lie a little bit. You get caught immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do that I'm 92 years old. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's about half right. But we were going to Canada, I guess, on your first bear hunt. It was. Sort of out of the country. And uh, anyway, we... Uh, we were on a secondary flight, little puddle jumper, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, Air Canada. All of a sudden, a plane with maybe like thirty people on. Yeah, there's quite a plane. few. It wasn't a little bitty guy, but so I'm I'm just sitting there. I'm on the aisle, and Clay's next to the window. I notice he's looking out the window all the time, and finally he says, "Dad, there's something wrong. This plane's been circling now several times over around the airport or a city or something." And about that time, a Sturtis came on and goes, uh, things aren't going well. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hope you are having a nice afternoon. Things for us aren't Is so Is everyone great. right <laughs> with Jesus? She, things for you she, are about let me, to get Let me worse. tell, I don't want to hijack your story, but it was interesting. We took off you know, straight off the runway and then the plane started to bank, which is common with a plane. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they can only go one of two directions on a runway. And if you're going a different direction, the plane has to turn. And so the plane banked and you kind of felt it bank and it just stayed banked for like 20 minutes. Like it never, it, huh. and so, I, you know, I was like, but this it was, weird. it was just, it was subtle. Yeah. But I was like, we're going in circles. And after like the second time, I was like, "We're circling." Yeah, yeah, it was. Pretty, so it's pretty neat you observe that. And uh, so the stewardess came on, and you know she handled it real well. I don't want to scare y'all to death, but we're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? But she subtle. said, "Look, we we've got some problems with our landing gear, and uh, this is we're going to take this real serious. You know, we're not going. So would you?" Young man, would you handle that door? This is what you do. This guy, would you handle this? Get your oxygen down and put your head between your legs. And so she went through the whole deal of how how we were going to handle this crash. I mean, the landing gear wouldn't come down, at least one leg of it. And so um, what I found interesting was here I am, an older guy, I got my family raised, and I'm thinking, well, Lord, Make it quick. You know, I, I don't mind going, but, I, you know, I'd hate to just suffer real bad. But Clay's young. He's got a family. He's got a wife. He's got a lot of responsibilities. and So he had a few more prayer requests than I did. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, how did it end up? Well, so we landed. There's... <laughs> Dad and I jumped out. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, the stewardess came on and she told us what was going on. And, and what it was is that the brakes of the landing gear didn't work. Okay. And they were anticipating a potential crash on the landing. And the stewardess, she said, so we are preparing for a crash landing. This is what we would do if there's a crash landing. And I mean, it was like, it wasn't a drill. 
And from the time we started our descent, did you? Is this over where you took off? Yeah, or is it, this, it was you're like headed to your destination. They, apparently, they they took off and everything was okay. And when they went to pull the landing gear back up, uh, okay. it it wouldn't pull back up. And I just remember the problem was is that there were no brakes on the landing gear, so you were just going to come in super hot and potentially like burn the rubber off the tires, spark up on the plane. They had fire trucks. Wow. So so we circle, circle for forever. It, for probably an hour because they were trying to run the fuel out of the plane. Uh, and so they run all the fuel out of the plane. And then when we go down to land, but from the time we start to descend, that, that stewardess at Air Canada was taught to yell. What did she yell? She yelled nonstop, like a, a, a phrase, like, Cover your head. Watch your feet. <laughs> We're gonna give you something good to eat. I don't know what she said. She, she, but, but we had our heads down, and wow. she's going like it wasn't erratic. It was she was uh-huh. screaming something that she was supposed to yell at us. And uh, yeah, I mean, we really thought this is gonna be a crash landing. We did, and they had fire trucks all down the airstrip, and. Uh, I just remember it was just a rough, fast landing. Hey, you know, let me let me add one thing about that trip. I thought it was kind of fun as the daddy. We bear hunted, and, and we couldn't get a bear. And our guide couldn't put us on a bear. And finally, Clay said, would it be any problem if I went back to this other pasture we were on? And the guy said, well, yeah, you can go back over there. Within about five minutes, he'd killed a pretty good bear with an amazing shot with his bow so i mean he did his own guide work yeah that was a good hunt that was that bear right up there us sitting right up there yeah Uh yeah we'd seen we'd seen a bear out in an oat field the first day and i liked the spot and we were having trouble and we never went back there and i just had a feeling and i said hey take me back over there and just let me out of the truck and he was like okay and he pulled me up on a county road, and we had permission to hunt this place. And I jumped a barbed wire fence, ran out into this oat field, came around a corner. There's a bear in the middle of this oat field laying on its belly, like right at dark, shoveling oats in its mouth. <laughs> and, that uh, is awesome. And I'd been shooting my Matthews DXT and uh, killed a bear. Yep, that was a, good, that was a great trip. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, so that was, the, that was the time we almost crashed. Josh, have you ever had any near-death experiences? Trying to think in Canada. I have not in Canada, man. But I, I was never much of a daredevil. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't drive my car fast and didn't. But I, one thing I'd love you to did do listen to Metallica. That's right. That's right. That was that was life threatening. And then, uh, but we used to, man, we used to love to jump off bluffs when I was a teenager. Mm. And we would go to the we would go to the lake and jump off bluffs, but we'd go to the river and jump off bluffs too. And there's a spot that um, was like it. It had a. It had a. A uh, like we all called it Skull Rock because it kind of looked like a like a skull. It was 43 feet high, mm. but you had to hit a hole that was about I don't know maybe 10 foot around. Mm. And when you hit the water, you had to ball up because you would still hit the bottom. And man, we used to do that. And it it was thrilling to me. But I look back on it now, and I'm like. God, that was stupid. Yeah. And we yeah. used to swim up into tunnels um, against the current that you couldn't turn around in. in. Wow. Mm-hmm. And 
I just think if some the slightest little thing went wrong, mm-hmm. but I I loved being in the water back then, and I know you had a you had a close call in the water, mm-hmm. and Couple. but man, mm-hmm. we we just we loved doing stupid stuff in the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I look back and think many of those could have been life threatening, but we just. Christy, have you ever had a near-death experience in not, Canada or Alaska? No, nope, <laughs> I have not. In, anywhere else? No, I think the only story I would tell, and really just to make fun of myself, is that there was a summer, we were hiking, and and one of the people with us, I was actually with Clay and Misty Newcomb on this hiking trip, screams ahead of us, this young girl, and finds this huge <laughs> timber rattler. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So Clay, Clay identifies it. It's a 30-year-old... It was, you know, whatever. Single male. It was the biggest timber rattler I've ever seen personally. Really? Alive. Bigger than that? No, no. I mean, I didn't see that one. Okay. You didn't see it alive. Yeah. yeah. So this. And it was a super intense hike that had like yeah. a, it has the biggest drop off. So you're kind of unnerved anyway, just doing that with kids. Right. So mm-hmm. we did that. Like a month later, we're on a camping trip <laughs> and we're out with your brother, Misty. We walk by, there's a rattlesnake. I highly respect the rattlesnake because it tells you I'm here. Get out of my way. So rattlesnake, like two weeks after that, Josh and I decided to go hiking <laughs> in Fayetteville, Mount Kessler. We're up there and I, I am terrified of snakes and I've had these two experiences and I hear this sound. She's a little gun shy. And I point. jump up on a rock and just start screaming. And Josh is like. <laughs> For the Lord to help her. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I'm always crying out to Jesus in these moments. <laughs> And I'm on there and I was like, snake rattler. And Josh is just looking at me like I'm insane. And and a half a second later, this man comes by on a mountain bike that is clicking. It was his his hub. And the click of his his, like triggered PTSD inside of me. And anyway, no, I've not had any near-death experiences that I So her near-death experience was that she was within 60 feet of a timber rattler. Well, actually, yeah. I think her wow. near-death experience is that she was within 60 feet of a mountain bike. That's right. <laughs> that was the near-death experience. Dad, what would you say your nearest death, nearest to death experience has been? You know, I just hadn't had any. I'd be, well, I'd be safe drive about Vietnam. Safe. Vietnam. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that would Vietnam. be. Vietnam. Oh, you know, I, I really wasn't. I mean, you can anybody can die in Vietnam, but I didn't get put in crazy situations. I was transferred to within just like 20 miles of the DMZ with a bunch of Marines. And uh, my buddy down at middle part of Vietnam called around and had me transferred down to him. And he was getting hit every night. And they were, they were shelling, shelling, yeah, the base. shelling the base. I, I, and I, I was mad at him, man. I mean, I got off the plane and started looking for people with uh, faded fatigues. I'm thinking, man, you can't survive in <laughs> in Fubai. Mm. Uh, and and my mother prayed every night for me. <laughs> and I mean, once I stepped in Fubai, a rocket never hit for a year. Really? Wow. And Quang Tree, Quang Tree just got boom. That, that's where you were. That's where I was. The Marines base. Wow. Right on the DMZ, and it got hit all the time. Amazing. Now, I've never heard you tell that story quite like that, or I don't remember it that tight and concise. That Hey, I, it was serious. I, I was mad. My best friend, in fact, I spent the day with him yesterday in Little Rock, and uh, I, I, I wouldn't even hardly speak to him. I said, Sears, you've, been, you've got with your CEO and got me moved down here into a pit that's— 
chances of us getting out of here is slim and none. Hmm. And <laughs> nary a rocket hit, not even one. Hmm. Wow. You know, so it's hmm. pretty. That's pretty fun. Hmm. But well, hey, hey, while we're talking about Vietnam, I wanted to, I think I've done this, but the guy, when you said thanks to the people that bought that hat, it made me think of this. The guy that that looked yeah. up my old buddy. Yes. I hope he's listening. And uh, we got a hold of him, had a great reunion, and probably going to go to Florida and see him. So Dad talked about, I mean, you had to say his name, didn't you? Yeah, Quint. Quint, yeah. Dad talked about Quint on one of the podcasts. And Quint was this guy they knew in Vietnam, lost touch with him, thought he was dead. I mean, yeah. they didn't, they yeah, didn't he hear was, that he was dead. They just assumed he was right. dead. And then 40 years passes. Or, yeah. Or and how, and how, we look for him. We look for him almost every few years. You know, we we just whatever you he, do to look Dad for people. Dad and his people. buddy that got him into the war zone down there always wondered what happened to Quint. I, and I've heard Dad talk about Quint my whole life. And, and he always says, we figure he's dead. Well. A Bear Grease podcast listener who has some incredible research powers, um, for real, with his job. He has... Wink, wink. He could know about anything you wanted to know. He, uh, legally, it's not it's not like an undercover deal. He found Quint, reached out to me and said, hey, here's that guy's phone number. <laughs> <laughs> for real? That's amazing. I mean, wow. pretty much. Yeah. I love and, that. And... Uh, <laughs> I think he. I can't remember the details. It, it was. It was all within the boundaries of something that was ethical, and and I, he may have even reached out to that lady. I think he reached out to Quint's daughter and said, "Hey, do you mind if I give your, you know, this?" Could have. He re, he talked to her, but because we I contacted never did. her first. Okay. In fact, I was the one that contacted her, even though Quint and Sears were the really, yeah, like brothers, and uh. Anyway, he had a real nice daughter, and she was just excited that we'd called her. And yeah, so anyway, it's pretty wild. In fact, she just sent a picture of the three of us uh, really? to Sears yesterday. He got it. Oh, it was, well, a few days ago, he I'd sent like to me see that. A email. On. So anyway, thank you. Which of you listening right now took a class in school about Family Finances 101? No one? Yeah, me neither. Like the importance of a will or college savings plan or even life insurance or estate planning. We have to know these things. But how do we figure it all out? That's why I'm excited to partner with Fabric by Gerber Life. Life insurance is important to me. It just gives me security in knowing that if anything happened to me, my family would remain financially stable in my absence. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You can be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash bear. That's meetfabric.com slash bear. M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash bear. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. Whitetail Institute launched the food plot revolution in 1988 with a concentration on research and real-world testing of forage products specifically for whitetail deer. 
Whitetail Institute's research and development team of agronomy experts provide effective, personalized service. I've been using Imperial Whitetail Clover for a long time in a food plot back behind my house. In 2007, I killed the biggest buck of my life over an Imperial Whitetail Clover small quarter acre food plot. Imperial Whitetail Clover is the only clover scientifically developed through years of selective breeding. Clover Extreme Genetic Stability provides extreme cold tolerance, disease, and drought tolerance. It really does. Clover is coated with Whitetail Institute's Rain Bond, a polymer coating added for enhanced seedling survivability. They have an exclusive offer for Bear Grease listeners, 15% off Imperial Clover when you use the code BEAR at whitetailinstitute.com. That's whitetailinstitute.com and use code BEAR for 15% off. Sport Dog is the most recognized brand in the hunting dog training industry. Born in 2003 in Knoxville, Tennessee, Sport Dog was forged by a passionate group of hunters and dog trainers who intimately understood the challenges of the field and the special connection between hunters and their dogs. People at Sport Dog know that having a well-trained hunting dog is more than just having a reliable partner. It's a commitment to their safety and unlocking their full potential. The Sport Dog promise to customers is simple. Gear the way you design it. Every product Sport Dog builds is meticulously designed and rigorously tested in the field, ensuring it withstands the toughest conditions you and your dog may encounter. Trust Sport Dog, where innovation meets passion, to elevate your hunting experience and strengthen the bond with your local companion. Using tracking equipment on my squirrel and coon dogs is extremely important to me to track my squirrel dogs and my one old coon dog that's not very good. Get 20% off your first purchase using the code BEARGREASE. Go to www.sportdog.com slash BEARGREASE to learn more. Colby, near-death experience? I got a couple. You want a longer one or shorter one? Well, let's see how good they are. Why don't you grade them for me? Grade them. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good are they? The longer one is the better one. Okay. The shorter, and it involves duck hunting. Okay. The shorter one is squirrel camp. Wait, no. The long one is squirrel camp. Shorter one is uh, duck hunting. Well, just take us right to the good stuff. Okay. Squirrel camp. So, uh, growing up, my dad just, like, knows the river, like, back and forth, like, always on it. When I was born, like, he was a commercial fisherman. So, uh, he met a lot of characters. And so, at one point in time, every year, he would go to squirrel camp. And uh, I was excited. I get to get to leave school early. We're going to go to squirrel camp. We're going to camp out with all these guys. It's great stuff. But we're mainly just fishing. But we camp out on this bluff on the on the river. And uh, they had made this big, they constructed this big overhang to put all the tents under that were was made with bamboo. And then they show me what happens whenever you put bamboo inside of a fire. You know, it just like pops real loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm in like third grade. And so there's this drop off that, uh, Oh, it was about 15 feet of a drop-off. is kind of like a pretty steep grade. And so that night, there was a fire about six feet from that drop-off. All the guys, the grown guys, were over here, over here talking. And so I'm just throwing bamboo in there, and I'm just like 4th of July over here, just like <laughs> popping and everything, and it's just great. And so, you know, growing up <clears throat> with fireworks, you just really feel like you understand certain principles in life, like the law of, of the dud. 
where you throw, you, you know, light one and it just doesn't <laughs> go off. The law of the dud. Yeah, the law okay. of the dud. And so I was like, I threw this piece of bamboo in there and nothing. And I'm like, dud, where's the next one? And I go to throw it in there and that thing just explodes with fury and you got all these embers just popping out. And to me, it could have been like an atomic bomb. Like, you know, it just seems huge. I took one step back too far and all of a sudden I just fall off this thing. And so like, I'm just sliding down it and I'm just grabbing, trying to grab a hold of whatever I could. And before that, it's my, at night. It's at night. It's nobody black. and nobody's seen you fall. No, no, no. And it, before then, and it's a big river. It's a big river. And before then, my dad had told me to put a life jacket on if I was going to keep doing that. And I was always obedient. Uh, and I was like, yeah, all right, all right. He's like, you either stop doing that or you put a life jacket on. So I had a life jacket on. So it. he kn- he could see the threat that like yeah. you're yeah. gonna fall off into He's the like, river. There's possibility. And this isn't like a little creek. This is like the Red River. This is a sulfur river. The sul- I mean, yeah, this is like, Texas. like a yeah. huge, big, nasty, muddy river. Yeah. And so, like, I'm sliding down, and I'm just grabbing whatever I can, and then I land in the water on my back, and uh, there's a little shelf there that's probably about three foot wide, and uh, there was just enough water where I couldn't turn over, so I was like a turtle on his back. (laughs) 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 And I just remember how big the moon was, and then... Oh, no, you don't! No, you don't! (laughs) No! 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 Anyways, at that same time, there was a boat going down the river. And so all of a sudden, there's these waves just like coming over me. And I'm just like freaking out. I was like, is this how this happens? And I remember like, yeah. And then I remember like just a silhouette of a guy just like full dive off of it. And he lands like maybe like five feet to my right. Oh, wow. He jumped off the bank into the river. Yeah. Earlier that day, he had like jumped out of the boat and was like throwing me some ivory soap. He was wanting to take a bath and stuff. So like, just love the water. And then I see another figure come over and just like come down at like the silver surfer, <laughs> you know, mm. and they reached me at the same time. And so, uh, and then, uh, my dad had always told me like growing up whenever I would get in trouble or I was really getting close to, uh, getting in trouble, he'd be like, boy, I'm going to plant a boot. <laughs> so he reached, they reached me at the same time. My dad grabs me and the only way to get me up is he would lift and then he would kick me. And so I thought he had finally planted a boot. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, I'd say that was that a was strong a one. Yeah, yes. very good story. Oh, eight, yeah. eight and a half. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even a nine with the supermoon comment. Yeah. That's a good one. That's good. That's good. That's good. Misty, near death. You know, I don't really have any near death experiences. My parents rode motorcycles. One time, I mean, like punchline. We hit a deer <laughs> on a motorcycle. Oh, uh-huh. uh, man. <laughs> no. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you know. That was good, Cole. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think I mainly just watched my brothers do stupid things mm. and just thought, I'm not going to do that. Mm. And That's good. And just That's made, good. Made That's good. real good. <laughs> That's real good. I you know, I was always too, men, too with, afraid to get too risky. Mm-hmm. You know, drove slow and so all that stuff. Yeah, I didn't banker. drive slow. Actually, probably driving is probably the nearest death. When I was first, <laughs> when I was dating Misty, she was young then. I was young too. And uh, she would come and tell me, she'd be like, Man, I was driving down the road today and the car just did a 360. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, for real. Like, that happened. And I just said, what? And she was like, yeah, I, 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 I cut that. the wheel and the road was wet and it just like zipped, just did like a 360. I mean, oh my goodness. Do you remember? Uh, I actually remember. And, and I just remember being like, 
this isn't okay. <laughs> You've got to learn how to drive. Hey, the geo tracker she had was quite geo entertaining to Judy <laughs> and I. Yeah. I mean, there was not a spot on there that didn't look like somebody beat it up with a hammer. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I wow. I learned by doing. <laughs> My buddy had a geo metro, and we used to pick it up and put it on the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, you know what? She lasted a long time. Everyone kind of made fun of it because we got it new, and it looked fine. I mean, geo metros aren't like fancy cars, yeah, but no. we paid for our own cars, so I could yeah. afford it, and I was re- super proud of it. I, I beat that thing i mean like i it, i was super rough on we, it we when we got married we ended up oh you had that car when you got married yeah, yeah we drove it we drove so it for many a while of our friends ended up, we, it was we, like the we car ended up we giving down. it to my brother to zach i do remember and that we gave it to him as a gift and one day and i remember like, we were thanks. he was driving it and he said hey clay it was it was kind of like thanks for the car did you know it'll do this? And the steering wheel would pull off of it. Mid drive. Like while you're going. Yeah, yeah. The, you could oh just like, just the slightest, you know, you had to get it lined just right, but just a little jerk on the steering wheel and the steering wheel would completely come off and then you could put it back on like in a, in a flash. But, and there was just this little like Allen head back in there. Man, the day I got it, actually literally like within 48 hours of getting that car, I, I, I got it. I was I was a waitress. I bought that car. You know, my parents signed on the loan with me, and I was super proud of it. I was going to make the car payments. We go to school, and I wanted to take the back roads. My mom didn't want me to. I did not understand that was her preference until she started yelling it. And I'm like, just barely got my driver's license. And she's like, no, go that way. And in a panic, I turn it and immediately flip the car. Oh, <laughs> oh my like, That was the, like, like right literally 48 hours after oh getting it. Oh, my gosh. And her coffee cup was the only thing. It went flying across my face. Not like it didn't hit me, but like it broke the window to the left of me. And we were just like suspended in the air. Like she, I'm looking <laughs> oh at my And mom. you looked up at the window and all you could see was the full moon. <laughs> I know, it was daytime, it was before school. And for, we were on these back roads and it wasn't too far from where my my parents worked. And someone, someone went to that workplace and said, said, hey, there's been a car wreck. And everyone came and it was me. And uh, it was no fun because yeah. uh, everyone there you know, yeah. knew me mm-hmm. and um, we were suspended in the air. My parents were like, "You're gonna have to you 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 learn." They were the type that you learn the hard way. So they right. so we I paid for it. We got it fixed. You know, a mechanic fixed it. All that. I was grateful to have a good waitressing job, um, and that it was fall in Arkansas when the colors and we get lots of visitors. visitors. So it paid for paid for it. <laughs> so I probably had a couple different wrecks, and I have a feeling that Zach's steering wheel trick was a byproduct. <laughs> Could have been. Uh, Could have been. <laughs> Like well, going, going back to the story, the Alaska stories. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's I, what I want to talk about. I think I think the thing that stood out to me the most in it was the story of the the outfitter that took the two guys. Yeah. Was it two guys or three guys? It was three, three guys. guys. Three guys. Mm-hmm. Um I appreciated the the assessment after the fact of all the little things. Like it wasn't this I made this huge mistake and that's what put us in in this crisis. But he he recognized I I pushed it too far here and I pushed it just a little bit too far here a little bit that really impacted me in thinking about how I do things um, whether that's in the boat whether that's in life whether that's you know what I mean making commitments and you know what I mean tying myself up so I can't make that commitment I thought it was really I thought it was a really profound yeah profound yeah. story mm-hmm. yeah it was I agree. 
just every time they they delayed for whatever reason that river was just rising yeah you know yep yeah that that, that was scary too to me i mean that that big fast moving water mm-hmm. is yep. uh is wild mm-hmm. no fast moving water golly i i i I would have been scared crossing a river that mm-hmm. fast, that tall. Yeah, I encountered a deal like that. A friend of mine and I were going to hike and get to it. You had to cross the river. Mm-hmm. Been raining real hard, and we knew once we got across the river, we'd be fine. And so I said, "Hey, man, we got rope. I'm gonna put the rope around me. You hold on to it. I'll get across. I'll tie that rope to a tree. Then you come across with the rope." Hmm. And it worked really well. And when we got in the wilderness area, you had to cross the creek so many times, I just got tired of it. So I thought I was going to go up this steep ridge and go back down. And I got up there about 60 or 70 feet. And I got scared, man. I looked down, and I had that rope with me. (laughs) And I was too scared to come down that thing. That's how steep it was. And I tied the rope on again, man. Slid down, left left the rope there. But, you know, rope, pretty handy. Mm -hmm. Honestly, carrying paracord, it fits so small and it's so strong, it comes in handy, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Always respect the water. Mm -hmm. We Josh and I fish a lot. We're out where we usually fish tailwaters here in Arkansas, and so you're near a dam. And if you're wade fishing, you've always got an ear open for the 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 horn they'll sound a horn saying we're gonna start flowing the water whatever the word is did i say it right generating Generating. um and and so you're always listening and you're moving as fast as you can (laughs) the the most unnerving uh message that i read last last year was the horn on the dam has become inoperable we don't know when it'll be fixed (laughs) so like we're out wade fishing is like Okay, is the water going to rise? You know, I mean, you're you really... put a little sharpie marker on your exactly. on your If the water gets above here, let me know. <laughs> Tell your buddy. Pick a pick a partner. It is fixed. Wait, Colby, way. which story did you like the best? Or Can I ask you a to? question? Yep. How did I get punked? Because I wasn't clear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, let's have the this last story. I don't know if you guys how much y'all were paying attention when you were listening uh, yeah. to the podcast. Uh huh. The podcast told the story of a man, two men nearly drowning. Mm -hmm. It told the story of two men nearly getting their heads knocked off by a widow maker on an Alaskan river in the backcountry. It told the story of a man and woman who had to spend the night underneath a goat hide. What was the other story? The bear. Uh, it told oh, the story wait, of a bear. man who was charged by a sow yeah. a grizzly and had to shoot it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Do you see, what would be the common theme of those stories? Near, Near death. death. Near death. Okay. The last story was about a guy who didn't bring enough pairs of underwear to Alaska. Didn't bring any pairs of underpants. No, just except the one he was wearing. So that story being in the lineup would be funny. Right, we understood it's funny, but it's you were you, you got, got punked because you thought it was going to be life threatening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get it, Josh? But uh, was it a true story? It was one hundred percent true. Okay, yeah. I mean, Man, I think the punk fell through. Well, the punk, I didn't. I just feel like you kind of accuse people of getting punked, and it's like <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that that was getting punked. It was just like, yeah. 
It I thought, wasn't well, was okay, here, here's, here's the backside. This is the dirt that backside. people come to the Uh-oh. render for. Here's the backside. This is like, the backside. This is, <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that VO of saying, VO. you've been punked. What's a VO? VO for American voiceover. Voiceover. Voice so so sorry, when sorry. it's me talking yep, and, I'm, yep, and it's yep. like scripted talking. I wrote that VO before I ever heard that story because it, we did it at the last minute and I didn't even hear that story until it was on the podcast. I got you. So I just, it was supposed to be, it was kind of going to be like a, like a joke. It was just a joke. Like I went to Alaska, I was a fishing guide. We had all this stuff happen, da, 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 da. And then I almost ran out of underwear. <laughs> we just got punked. We thought he was going to die. Well, it was you a see? great story. Yeah, did you understand? I, I love the I love the story. You know, I saw it was kind of goofy. Yeah, I mean, was... I didn't have it all figured out, but I, I well, clearly, my favorite, clearly, it was my it, favorite story. No, oh, <laughs> no, it was a good story. Hey. I was just thinking, chafing and bo is not a joking matter. <laughs> Especially on a full moon. Yeah. Especially. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I, it's my fault, guys. Bear Grease world, I am sorry that that joke fell on deaf ears. You didn't ask me what my favorite story was what or was what stood out story? to me. What, let me just tell you what stands out to me. Both in the story you told this afternoon, right here in this live render, and the story that I listened to this afternoon on the, on the, on the actual original Bear Grease Alaska shows, uh, Alaska stories, Something that stood out to me is that I think you downplay your potential connection to death when you come home to me. One hundred percent. Like when I was listening to those, I was like, "Gosh, I didn't know it was that bad." And then today, when you're talking about the about Canada the airline, flight. I'm like, I always just kind of thought it was in in his head that it was actually a dangerous situation, not like <laughs> the, the the stewardess yelling. I, by the way, she probably yelled, "Brace yourself." Brace, brace, not. It was a weird Canadian phrase. Move your feet. Give me something. You know, you know how when you're, Europe, when you're in Europe, when you're in Europe, when you're in London, when you're in London, they yeah. say "mind the gap." Yeah, yeah. When you're on the subway in London, yes. it was something Canadian. But it was like. Be prepared for yeah. danger. Take yeah. off your hoser, eh? I, I think this is a common thing, Misty. And I wonder if other people who are family members to the people who share their stories mm-hmm. would say the same thing. Yeah. My son, David, when he was 19 <laughs> or 20, goes out west by himself and and goes hiking and, and comes home. And I say, tell me about your trip. And he tells me about his trip. And, you know, it's it's it sounds like he had a good time. And then like a week later, my daughter, who's two years older than yeah. him, comes over and she's like, good Lord, mom, did David tell you about his trip? <laughs> and I, I like I like make a face, and I was like, "Yeah, he did." She's like, "Can you even believe that?" And I was like, "Tell me what I can't believe, <laughs> yeah. what are we just to make sure here? I know." <laughs> and the story she tells me about his trip, and the story he told me about his trip, were very, very, very different. Mm. Where he spent like eight hours in a tree well that he wasn't sure he was going to be able to get out of all a by tree himself. Well? Yeah, like it's snow. It's snowing, and you know, under the evergreens, it drops down in. The snow builds up, and you. If you drop down in and you don't have anything to dig out with, you can get stuck in there because they can be 10 or 12 feet deep. Oh, wow. So he's stuck yeah. in a tree well. Like, anyway, we don't have to go into the story. Maybe but, David could be on your next yeah, story. But <laughs> what David tells me and and what actually happened were 
were quite different. Right. Mm. Very, very different. And as a parent, you have to hear that story and not look surprised, as Mallory's telling you, (laughs) because you got to play it cool. And then you can't call David and say, hey, I've got new intel about your tree well experience, and I'd like to talk about it. You clearly are a better mother than me, because the next time I said David, I was like, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Good story. Did who, did we ask everybody? Colby didn't tell a story. Yeah, which which one? Which one? Man, I liked them, and I felt like I could identify with a lot of them on some level. But one made me change how I'm acting now. Okay. Yeah, it was the sow charging him, mm. and baiting bears. It's like, hey, I better take a pistol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or a can of spray today because this bait is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, uh, but then, like, the one that you told about the fast water, I think that one is the one that that uh, would scare me pretty hard. Yeah. And I Billy Bowles' story. Well, that one, too. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Like, anything with water. I like yeah, how he yeah. tied, the, like, the whole thing to Don's childhood. And, yeah. And, like, yeah. his takeaway where yeah. he broke through the fear where he felt like he was just going to look forward. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a profound statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. It was good. You know, what he said, too, would be real handy for people to know is if you're retrieving somebody out of fast water, don't don't take them a ninety degree straight yeah, to the yeah. bank. Right. You go with the flow and do a forty five. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. most people wouldn't think of that. I wouldn't have thought of that. I mean, I'd be fighting trying to mm-hmm. get the guy straight to the bank, shortest distance, you right, know, between right. two points. Yeah. You'd have had rope though. I'd have. I wouldn't have gotten that situation. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think that in addition to being a great storyteller, providing useful information and practical knowledge that people should take with them into Alaska, Billy Moles also has a name that could be a great country singer name. Yeah, oh. no doubt, Billy <laughs> Moles. Billy Moles. Billy. I, mm-hmm. I've known Billy for at least ten years. He wrote for Bear Hunting Magazine mm-hmm. back in the day, and Billy made incredible documentary films about Alaska. He's, he has back when DV he still sells DVDs but you know DVD sales aren't as hot as they used to be and they but you can still buy them all and uh, and he's putting a lot of his stuff on YouTube and different stuff but yeah Billy Billy is a uh, he's a great guy yeah, we I, got I really a, like Billy Mills. We got a lot of emails, people missing him whenever he got out of the magazine oh yeah yeah, yeah he, was, he was a real good writer just yeah he just he's really meticulous and he was a good guy he was uh he he just was really, really diligent, big, strong guy. I mean, just like kind of a athlete, tough. And kind he of didn't guy even, you want pulling he didn't out even of water. Want, he didn't even want to tell a story about a boat wreck that nearly killed him in Alaska. Uh, I can't remember. It, it, it's not that he hides that. I've heard him talk about it, but he was just like, ah, that's not that exciting. <laughs> and I'm like, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> you know, the story... The underwear story, when you listen to the very first, he goes, you know, we saw a cabin float down the yeah. river. We oh, saw caskets coming <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. And he mentioned stuff that would have been probably the best stories of I anybody. Know. Randall Williams. I told you I didn't get to listen to that before, oh, it was before awesome, I heard man. it. it yeah, was. if I would have if if I would have done that again, I would have been like Hey Randall, why don't you tell me about when the yeah. graves came yeah, out exactly. of the cut thing? Josh and I were listening to that together, and both of us were like, "Whoa, out loud!" Because I asked Randall, I knew Randall was the guy, a fishing guide in Alaska, and I was with him last week, and uh, and I said, "Hey, do you have any good like harrowing near death stories in Alaska?" <laughs> and he was like, 
Not really, but once I did have to wear the same pair of underwear for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> that's and, and so that's how it all started. As I said, hey, I want you to tell that at the end, and it'll be funny. But apparently... It was funny. It no, was the funny. story was phenomenal. Yeah. The accusation of... Having been taken advantage of. We don't, yeah. we don't like being manipulated. <laughs> exactly. I heard that. I was like, excuse me? Yeah, you, you were like, I take offense at that. I have not been pumped. I knew what was going on. I knew exactly that that was a funny story. Yeah, I did, have to did it bother you, them. Josh? Yes, I was offended. Personally offended. Did it bother you? I, I just thought it, he had it to didn't try bother me. I, I just w- wondered how the, pers- you know, the take we have on it is different. Man, when I go back, I went. I had to go listen to an old Bear Grease podcast today or yesterday for, um, for, for for some. I can't remember what I was listening for, but it was one I did like two years ago, and I was like, "Golly, man, why are you yelling?" <laughs> 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 and then I came in here and did VO today and did the exact same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I can't help it. It's a joke in our family's house that Clay wakes up like sometimes. Clay and I are at this weird age where sometimes we just wake up at like four in the morning for no good reason. Oh, and we're yeah. like, well, I guess we're up now. Let's yep. get yeah. up and work. And so we get up and we we work and the kids talk about like in those times, like they'll see me like tiptoe. I have to walk through Shep's room to get to my office. So he'll like sometimes wake up to me like tiptoeing, trying to stay <laughs> quiet so I don't wake him up. And he's like, but not dad, man, dad. Like, <laughs> 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 he, he talks at a pretty much full yell 24-7. <laughs> <laughs> He is deaf in one ear. You got to give him it's that. True. Yeah, you got to you got to yell. You got to talk loud, passionate, <laughs> loud and passionate. Chef said he woke up at five in the morning the other day to Clay telling me about how he cleaned something, yelling from the top of the stairs to me in the living room. I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> Sleep's important for kids. I, yeah, I, maybe that's where the value is 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 different. Sleep, my kids. They've woke me up so much. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 no. he's not wrong. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for coming. Thanks, Thanks for being for on the us. render. There's another, we've got another Alaska Stories podcast coming out. Can't wait. Next, The next one is another one. All different storytellers. With a different mother. All diff- brothers from a different mother. That's right. There's some. There's some good ones. Are we going to get punked? No punking on this okay. one. Okay. No accusations. Actually, 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 the last story, I had to put like a disclaimer on it. Like, if you have if you have small children, you might want to listen to this before you let them listen to it. Oh, I'm ready for that. Yeah, it's a, disca- a legitimate disclaimer. Okay. Legitimate disclaimer. Oh man, mm-hmm. could you? I, wow. Gosh, I want to Common Sense Media this. <laughs> you have to make tune Josh in. Hold my hand while you I have listen. to tune in to the next Bear do, do you think that I can listen to it? Like based off of your. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah. I don't like being. Maybe. I don't like being scared. Well, it's it's. You'll see what I mean when you hear it. It's different. It's different. It's very good. It's told a foreshadowing, by folks. No, I'm not foreshadowing at all. <laughs> it's uh. So you have to tune in. Thank you guys so much for being here, Dad. Good to see you, Josh, Christy, Misty, Colby. Bear Hunting Magazine. Good to see you too, Nuke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. This, Maybe one day we'll get, we'll get Render Boy back on. <laughs> Render yeah, Boy. Render Boy Brent Mr. Reeves. Brent. <laughs> the Render Boy.
This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we've already done right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you actually want to eat breakfast. In the last year, I've been more diligent about going to the gym on a regimented schedule. And it's made a lot of difference in my life. Therapy helps you find your strengths so that you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Grease today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Grease. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.